0: Listeners, welcome to Aha yeah uh-huh with Lisa and Phil and our frequent flyer guest from California, Aaron. Boy, his arms must be tired. Hello. Hello. Uh, this week, we're talking to Paul Sidoriak about grilling. He has written a, back, a cookbook called the Backyard Griddle Cookbook. As you can see, we flagged a few little spots of things that we're particularly interested in. Yep. Now, one thing is Philip and I are keto and Aaron is vegan. Yeah. There's a couple of, uh, restaurants in our area that do vegan, um, that, uh, would particularly would want to, uh, highlight one, when Aaron comes in from California, we usually host him at a restaurant because it's just easier. Yeah. Uh, at least one night. And, uh, one of them is Ama's Kitchen and another one that we've been to with Aaron is Uncle Yip's. And both of them are really good.
1: Right. So Mm -hmm. welcome, Paul.
2: Yeah, thanks very much. It's it's great to be here on the podcast tonight. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it's great to have you.
0: Thanks for the cookbook.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I would think somebody who writes a cookbook or a -hmm. a cookbook about grilling must be an avid griller. And I've become kind of an obsessive griller, like almost, it's almost a problem. Literal. Yeah. Um. I do not have. He's
0: grilled six days a week. Yeah. Um, he has grilled in the rain. He has grilled in the snow. Uh, he is Sounds grilled like a
1: Dr.
2: Seuss story. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. I know, right? It, it does.
0: Literally, I walk outside and there he is with a headlamp, uh, in a parka wearing gloves, grilling.
1: So do you grill with great frequency, Paul?
2: I do. I do. Um, this is actually the second cookbook that I've written. And the first cookbook um, was called exclusively Kamado. It's out of print right now. And that was my first um, significant grilling obsession. And I became obsessed with the flavor of charcoal, hardwood lump charcoal to be specific. Right. Um, I grew up in a grilling family um, where it was a huge part of our lives but, um, it was not a charcoal thing. It was mostly a gas grill kind of thing. Mm. And after I got my first big green egg grill, um, which is that Kamado style of grill, kind of that mm. egg shape, um, running on charcoal, I estimated that I grilled over 300 days, um, in, in a single calendar year. Wow. And it got a little bit to the point where, uh, talk about obsessive, um, I would blow about 16, $17 worth of charcoal on about $5 worth of ground beef, um, <laughs> for, for a couple burgers. And yeah. it just, you know, yeah. it was just, it was just a taste that I wanted. I was, mm-hmm. uh, traveling, uh, some Understand. for business
0: and,
2: yeah. And I, I was, I was traveling for work and, and, and it, it, it just, uh, it was, it was, it just became something that, that was really fun. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. So I've, I've, I've certainly put up, put up some numbers as, as far as, um, you know, days on the grill and, and, um, you know, what, what's what started out with a big, one big green egg became two big green eggs. Um, and then that became a, a third Kamado grill, one called a Komodo Kamado, which, mm. um, is worth looking up. They're, uh, probably one of the prettiest charcoal grills you're ever going to find, um, made in Indonesia. And I, I, um,
0: how do you spell
2: that it's uh k o m a d o k a m a d o komodo komado and i was i was speaking with the owner one day um because he had some charcoal that i thought was unique and it uh-huh. interested me and i told him about the book i was writing and mm-hmm. a few weeks later one of those grills showed up at my doorstep and, Aww. Uh, It it was, it was, it was a fun experience. So yeah, Yeah. um, I'm, I'm not, um, you know, today we'll be talking probably a bunch about the griddle cookbook, but I, I guess you could consider me an expert in the field. Um, you know, I've, I've been quoted in everywhere from, you know, Forbes magazine to, um, you know, all, all, all kinds of publications just about my experience, uh, cooking and you know i'm i'm an evangelist for what i refer to as the outdoor cooking lifestyle and Mm -hmm. it's you know it it can be griddling it can be grilling it can be smoking um cooking over charcoal cooking over an open flame my most recent obsession is uh pizza ovens and Mm -hmm. and um you know i went from uh having cooked plenty of pizza on a pellet grill or my um kamado grills like the Kamado Joe or Big Green Egg to, um, now I have five dedicated pizza ovens. So wow.
1: Wow.
2: it's, uh, it's, bec- it's, no. be- it's become quite a fun, fun thing. And, and I'm fortunate enough that, um, in 2013, I went freelance full time and I've been keeping the, the bills paid and the lights on and, you know, just writing and talking about Outdoor cooking, and you know what what I uh, appreciate about it and you know trying to help people through the process
1: Wow, yeah. so
0: would your next book be uh, not to have a spoiler Alert outdoor cooking lifestyle or the outdoor cooking guru?
2: I would love to do something that broad of a brushstroke, uh, mm-hmm. but the reality is unfortunately, um, you have to if if you're gonna do a book these days, whether it's with mm. a traditional publisher like i've done for my first two books or even self-publishing you need to do something that people are going to type into that search engine right. um you know if 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 they're not searching for it um it's not going to sell and and um my my first book did not sell a ton of copies i've been very fortunate that the the flipping awesome backyard griddle cookbook has done quite well um mm. And, and, uh, you know, over, um, the 4th of July holiday and, uh, between Father's Day and the 4th of July holiday, that book is four years old and it was, mm-hmm. it was as low. So Amazon, the way they measure things is how low can you go? Um, right. so I was in like the three thousands yeah. out of over 10 million cop, um, individual mm-hmm. titles on Amazon. Yeah, I was in the top bad. in the top three thousand out mm-hmm. of ten million, you know, for the past few weeks. Overall. Um yeah. Then probably and, much and, much better ranking in cooking. Yeah. Um I was you know, I was in the top I was fluctuating between the top, you know, uh twelve, uh down to maybe number six or number seven in the barbecue and grilling category. Um but it's sure. it's flattering because you're up there with, you know, president's ex wives books and you know people who are national celebrities and 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 uh you know it's 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 a um, it's an interesting little measurement measuring stick to see that you know you're you're kind of up there with uh people um who are nationally and internationally acclaimed um and you know my book on cooking on a flat top griddle um is is right there holding its own so that that's 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 right. very heartwarming so right. i am i am very much looking for another book project um it would have to be right because they um a a book like this one it takes about a solid six months of 100 percent focus um and then probably another 90 days worth of um uh what would be the right term like uh follow up and clean up and all right you know uh let's let's we have we have some great images but let's get better ones so, you know, on a sun, on a Saturday or Sunday, you might be cooking 15 recipes. Um, and, you know, whether I work by myself or with a photographer, um, you know, the reality is you have uh, a short window, uh, of time when the light is right and everything falls into place to, you know, c- kind of, kind of nail it. Um, and, and, uh, you know, it, it, it becomes crunch time. So, you know, it's one of those things where if, um, if you don't get a little bit of compensation back for your time, um, you know, you can work for six months. You can work for a year. I know people who've worked for multiple years on cookbooks and, and if it's not successful, you know, you're working for five or six cents an hour, um, at the end of the day. So it better be a pretty big passion project. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: Now, what about the, uh, the pizza oven thing? You mentioned that you have five pizza ovens now.
2: I do. Um, I do. Um,
0: Is that because they're vastly different styles, brands. Um, have, yeah, have any we're of them just
2: making a lot of pizza at once
0: for trial? As so a I've got,
2: person? I've got two of them are, mm. uh, from a, a company out of England called Gosney. I have a Gosney dome and I have what's called mm. a rock box. And, um, they're, they're both really fun ovens. I mm. have one of, and they run on, a pro, they both run on propane. Um, the Gozney dome can run on propane or wood. Um, mm-hmm. I have, uh, one called a crew oven. It's made in mm-hmm. Portugal and it only runs on wood. Um, you know, so that's, that's a whole nother kind of learning, um, curve right there. Mm-hmm. I've got a, um, I have a pizza oven insert that actually mm-hmm. fits in my 22 inch blackstone griddle. So mm-hmm. I take, th- I take that flat top, off of my griddle and I put this blackstone insert into the pizza oven, um, and, or, and to, to make, to make the, the griddle grill become a pizza oven. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a very clever design. And mm-hmm. then the, the other one that I have is called a halo. Um, it's a, it's a, a 16 inch, uh, deck. And, um, what's unique about it is it gets up to temperature really quickly. Um, it can be at about 800 degrees, a little bit, you know, give or take in, in, in about 10 minutes and ready to cook, which is quite convenient. And, um, the pizza stone rotates. So, um, the the pizza, the P yeah, it cook it cooks evenly. The pizza spins, it, it, it does a great job. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it, yeah, it's one of those things where, um, I, I wish I had a, uh, a whole a whole barn and <laughs> beautiful uh, place with tons of space and, you know, a farm or something where I could keep all this stuff, but I'm a little bit limited on space. And, and, you know, so I have to pick and choose, um, you know, which, which what's going to stay and and what's going to go. Um right. And then, you know, I've cooked plenty of pizza on the Traeger grills. I've cooked pizza on the PK charcoal grill, the Kamado Joe, the green eggs. So, um, but these are, these are kind of the the core ones that are dedicated for just pizza. So yeah, I mean, a pizza book would be a lot of fun, but to to be perfectly frank, um, boy, I, I'm just not there. Like there are people out there. Yeah, no, that's,
1: hey, the, the,
2: the more that I dive into pizza and I've gotten, uh, two or three great books, um, that I've purchased recently. And, uh, I've actually had a bit of a mentor, um, pizza's challenging and, and um, I have such a newly found respect for those people who are putting out, you know, dozens of pies every evening, um, you know, at the restaurants. And, right. and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a fascinating uh, similar to barbecue and, and, you know, just outdoor cooking in general, it's, it's, it's a pretty fascinating culture. Um, and if if you even scratch the surface a little bit on like YouTube, You'll, 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 you'll immediately start to realize, um, you know, just, just how, how interesting it could be. I mean, the, the people who are serious about it and you don't, you don't have to be, um, you know, a total foodie to be serious about it. They're making that dough on Wednesday for Friday or Saturday's pizzas. You know, I mean, the, the, uh, it's not uncommon to let your dough hang on the fridge for 72 hours before you even, uh, let it rise at room temperature and stretch it. So. It's we, interesting. Is stuff. there a
0: reason for that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um the um it that slower, colder fermentation of the dough um it just brings beautiful nuances to to More the food. pizza crust. Yeah, and and um the true Neapolitan style is basically flour, water, salt and yeast. There's no oil, there's no sugar, mm-hmm. um there's no baking powder. And, and, and so with that simplicity, um, allowing it to sit for, um, you know, even one night in, in the refrigerator benefits because that slow fermentation develops flavors. Um, you know, you, you think about like, uh, pickles or wine or something along those lines. No. Um, a, a, allow, allowing those flavors to develop over time, um, you know, makes for a better end product and, and you know i i I've, I've found it where um you know you, you let a dough sit for a few days and they're cold in the refrigerator and um throw it in one of these ovens and all of a sudden it's got little teeny tiny crispy blisters uh, you know around the crust
1: oh, that that almost it. have yes, like a
2: almost have like a sourdough nuance to them and it's like there's no sourdough in this you know how where did it come from and you know the reality is nature is just kind of working its course and 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 working its magic with the fermentation which makes it a ton of fun.
0: And let's face it, sourdough, a good sourdough starter is just sourdough that's been added to more sourdough to more sourdough. So it's like the ultimate in time. There are sourdough recipes that have been around for a hundred years or longer.
1: Mm. We went to a place called Mod's Pizza the other day. Mm -hmm. And it's a, you go through a line and you you select all your ingredients. They throw it into the, uh, what style ovens? That the huge uh, fire? It's one of those wood fire? Yeah, wood fire. Ovens. Ovens. I don't
0: know if it's wood fire, but it's one of those big dome type ovens. that's yeah. like really big.
1: And you know, you can see it. You can see it as it goes in. You know, yeah. it's it's big enough probably to hold like fifty pizzas. You know, yeah, it's, it's yeah. big. And well, a lot, all, all that might sound mundane to you, but that was unique. That was kind of unique for us to yeah. go to a place mm-hmm. like that. And the pizza was. Yeah, delicious. we
0: don't. We don't. We tend to get our pizza to go.
1: No, that was a cauliflower mm. crust pizza. Right.
0: That because wasn't, yeah. we do the keto.
1: But yeah, but uh so that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's interesting. That could be a definite uh, good topic for an, an upcoming book. But let's talk uh, a little bit more yeah, about the griddle. About
0: the book. We're here yeah. for
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we did sample uh, several uh no. we got the mm-hmm. chicken yakitori. We sampled that. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was really good. That was good. Yes. We mm-hmm. did.
0: And everything was done on the grill, the cooking, all of it, including the vegetables on the side that we threw a little bit of that yakitori sauce on because that's some good sauce. Right. I'm sorry. Henda. So let's uh, mm-hmm. let's
1: maybe talk about uh, that recipe a little bit, um, mm-hmm. the chicken yakitori. It almost had a uh, mm-hmm. velveted consistency, the chicken did. Um, of course, we, we did use uh, chicken thighs, not white meat. And, um, it was very tender. It was very mm-hmm. good and uh, it did develop a little crust around it. It gave a little bit of, uh, crunch. Yeah, yeah.
0: A little bit. And then
1: mm-hmm. we garnished it with, uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the green onion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was a, that was a really good selection for us with our keto diet, I guess. So mm-hmm. is that something that you, you know, is that one of your favorites? Is that something that you, you uh, uh, go to?
2: Absolutely. I mean the, that, that's a great one for you to pick out because um, I I developed a love for chicken thighs uh, a few years back and mm-hmm. and and I I kind of haven't um, gone back ever since. Uh, chicken thighs, whether you're cooking on a griddle, uh, open fire grill, um, even an air fryer, um, they're they're just so flavorful. They're more affordable than chicken breasts. They're yeah. hard to mess. They're hard to mess up. In fact, um, we're so obsessed with creating juicy chicken, uh, in, in this country that, uh, we, we, we get a little crazy about, um, temperature and I get crazy about temperature from a food safety perspective. But the reality is I am often cooking my chicken thighs. Um, you know, the FDA says that, uh, 165 degrees Fahrenheit, um, you know, held for a few seconds is a safe, uh, temperature for, for chicken and, mm-hmm. and, um, I'll, I'll take chicken up to 195, you know, 200 degrees, sometimes even higher. And, and the beauty, the beauty of the thigh meat is that, you know, it's dark meat. The, um, it's a working muscle and, and, and so there's connective tissue and, and, um, when we can get the, uh, um, that connective tissue, uh to to break down um there's collagen in there and if we can get that to render out a little bit and turn into gelatin that's like the flavorful jello stuff when you make soup um and you put it in your fridge and it just be, it it becomes yeah. you know gelatinous and mm-hmm. and and you know you, you can really really benefit from from those flavors and mm-hmm. and uh yeah ch- ch- chicken thighs are are just um, hands down my, my favorite, you know, part of the poultry uh, be, because they're, they're forgiving, they're delicious, they're affordable. And, and um, I don't know, there's, there's something unique about, you know, this, this yakitori recipe falls in that category. You put food on a stick. I don't, I don't care if it's uh, a bunch <laughs> of rounds of zucchini and, and small tomatoes or uh, chicken thighs or what it is. Um, um, it's pieces better. of it, it is better. And, 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 uh, that actually is, is a book that I was, I was pitching to write a while back. It kind of fell through, but you know, it was just all party food on a stick. And, mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, what, what's the deal? Why does it taste so good? Um, and I actually, I have, you know, I know you didn't ask, but I, I have a little trick I've found, um, because I, I am really into kebabs, you know, in this yakitori recipe. Um, although it's not traditional Japanese, uh yakitori uh like like you'll see some of the japanese chefs doing it's it's my version of it um but when you're doing kebabs whether first of all i like to seg segment the the i like to have the meat on one skewer and i like to have the vegetables on a different skewer and mm-hmm. and that that's that's a, a good move for a couple reasons um you know number one if if you have a vegetarian or a vegan um in your group you know like aaron um they, you don't have to worry. Like, you can confidently say, like, yeah, there's no cross contamination here. But, um, vegetables are going to cook it at a different speed than the meats.
0: Yep. And, and you, you know, want even, them
2: too. yeah. Even, and even certain meats, like, mm-hmm. it will take longer to cook onions and potatoes and carrots than it will take to cook salmon.
0: And mushrooms. So,
2: yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's smart to keep those things segregated. But, what I, what I've learned and, and I don't, I don't really know the science behind it, but when you put that food on a stick and you cook it, it seems like when that stuff slides around to the point where you could almost like put the tip down on your plate and it all just falls off, it's mm-hmm. perfectly done. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It, it's, oh, okay. It's,
2: it, it, it's just, it's just kind of an interesting tip. Um, and okay. I, and I've, you know, I do, with, with poultry, I do, I do check the internal temperature, but, um, you know, if, if you're doing, if you're doing meat skewers poultry on a pork. stick. Yeah. Um, well, pork, pork these days, you know, um, it's, it's different than the pork when I was growing up. Um, I, I think, I think they say 145 is, a, is a safe internal temperature mm-hmm. for pork, but even, even, a, even a little bit of pink, um, if you have heritage pork or, you know, something from the farmer's market, it's, uh, I would consider a little bit slightly safer than what you get at the supermarket. Um, you know, just m- personal preference. I-, I do prefer to go slightly more well done on the supermarket stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah,
0: it's interesting. Well, we're you know, just, with- we just go well done. Well,
1: Lisa's not a yeah. pork eater, but right. but I exactly. sneak it in on her every once in a while. Cause I am, that's like my litmus test. When I go to the rest, a nice restaurant, I get a mm-hmm. pork chop rather than the steak or salmon I figure if it they do, do that well, a good pork chop, then it's like, and mm-hmm. that's my seal of approval.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that's, it,
2: that's probably a good, a good, a good, it's texture. every bit as good as a
1: steak. If it's tender, if it's done right, it's, to me, it's as good. It tastes as good as a steak.
0: I'm, I'm not a, right. I, I like bacon. I like ham, pork. I, it's okay, but. I'm not going to choose it. philip has got to say, hey, let's have pork or let's have pork chops. And when he does make the pork chops, he buys those nice, healthy ones with very little fat. Um, So, you know, there's not a lot of like marbling or anything. And um, I I actually have found that if I do a peanut butter sauce, a little bit of peanut butter, some butter, uh, maybe a little bit of seasoning, uh, I like that better with the pork chops. Well, and I know, the, Aaron, you're so interested in giving this it, it a thai,
2: Giving it a Thai flavor,
0: That We will get the vegetables <laughs> and fruit more.
2: Mm. <laughs> what were you saying, Aaron? I said, are you giving it a Thai flavor with the peanut butter?
0: <laughs> I have done a Thai peanut butter sauce, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do like uh, uh, saute, chicken saute with the peanut uh, flavor.
1: Well, One of the most delicious, mm-hmm. delectable things I had, Mm-hmm. that a restaurant was a blackened um pork chop in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And when it came out I was like I can't even look at this thing cuz it was I mean it looked It was dark. It looked like it was burned to a crisp. I wasn't right? there. And but the seasoning the seasoning was about a quarter it seemed like it was about a quarter inch thick and it was completely black and you could see seeds and things in it and it was absolutely delicious. It was like yeah. the most amazing pork yeah. chop I ever had. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
0: and it was probably cooked to one hundred and forty five and and uh um, you know post cooked up to one fifty five
1: yeah well, another item we did mm-hmm. we did
0: uh-huh
1: the uh demonic the was it the monte Cristo no, no. it was a Cuban sandwich
0: yeah, we did the Cuban yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and that was that was really good we made yeah a, one adjustment I don't think we had any. We didn't have any. Were we had
0: a mustard, maybe. I don't no, think we had any. We had is mustard. it
1: turkey that goes on it? Or? Yeah,
0: we didn't have the turkey, had, or no, we didn't have the ham.
1: We didn't have the ham.
0: Yeah, so we, we had
1: everything but the ham.
0: Yeah, so we just did it with uh, turkey, and uh, and of course we substituted the cheese.
1: We substituted keto bread
0: for the bun.
1: So we're dirty keto, but <laughs>
0: yeah, so it wasn't you know it wasn't quite up to the Cuban, but it was actually really good.
1: Yeah. We probably made enough changes where Paul's going to say, well, you didn't really have the the Cuban <laughs> chapter. But it now, was good. No, you
2: know, <laughs> I, I I have I have to, like, really disagree there. I, my, I'm all about this. That just the fact that you folks are trying, even mm-hmm. if you're missing an ingredient or two, or maybe you just don't care for it, um, or it doesn't fit in with, you know, a dietary restriction, or it, it doesn't matter what the reason is. Like, just, just the fact that you're cooking at home just the fact that you're gathering together and spending time, whether it's just with each other or with friends, family, whoever. I mean, yeah. that that's a huge feather in your cap. And, and, and you know, there, we have fewer and fewer opportunities to disconnect these days and, you know, just enjoy kind of old school right. time together. And yeah. whether it's gathering around a grill, gathering around a griddle, gathering around a campfire and roasting marshmallows, it doesn't matter, you know, like if, if, if we're not ordering, you know, delivery or DoorDash or Uber Eats um, that's a win it's, 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 it's a win when we control, you know, what, what goes into our meal planning. And, you know, so kudos, you you know, even if you didn't have it, you know, maybe you try that next time, or maybe you try, you know, a a turkey based or whatever. Um, You know, what, one of the things that I say often is that, And this book, you know, with a a griddle, I mean, I had to do a pancake recipe, but the reality is I kind of like, at that particular time when I was writing the book, I happen to have a bunch of coconut oil on hand and coconut oil makes for a delicious pancake. But who am I to tell someone who's got their great grandmother's bacon grease crock you know, from years and years ago that they keep mm-hmm. full of bacon grease. Who am I to tell? And, and they make, um, pancakes, you know, on the griddle or in the cast iron every single weekend. Who am I to tell them that, um, coconut oil is, is better than bacon grease or don't use it, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it, for me, it really just comes down to, I hope that the audience, I hope that the readers feel empowered. I hope that they feel that they can, tweak a recipe and 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 um you know just make it so it's better so the whole family uh can sit there and enjoy it or if they're cooking for themselves that you know they can be proud of what they accomplished.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why don't we go ahead and stick our commercial break in here. Uh-huh. Well Mm -hmm. So we talk about substitutions. We were talking about the thought, you know, chicken thighs and things.
0: Yeah. We almost exclusively use chicken thighs. Uh, The myth that the chicken breast has less fat is than a thigh is a myth. Once you've removed the skin, it's the same.
1: But I wonder if there's something, a recipe that you have where Aaron might say, okay, I'm going to take my tofurkey for instance, or tofu. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to substitute the meat in this recipe. And, um,
0: well, that's easy on a skewer. You could skewer and grill tofu.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would be a good, uh, stir fry, what kind of uh, dish do you have for Aaron where you might substitute the meat with, uh, a...
2: well, Aaron, I mean, it's, it, it's hard for me not knowing what you normally like. Um, you know, so I'd, I'd be curious, you know, what, what you prefer to eat on a regular basis. Um, a lot of salad, falafel, um, a lot of potato-based things, um, the, some fake meats on occasion, the tofurkey or the Impossible Burger type thing, How
0: about the easy especially if pick- I go out. How about the easy chickpea falafel? I believe we might have yeah. said that recipe, Aaron. Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: that,
2: that would be a good one to try, but um, you, you know, do that on a I- griddle? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as, yeah. as an example, there there's a noodle stir fry recipe in there um, where I use some ground ground meat and I use um, basically the ingredients for a chopped salad. Um, and and it all goes on the griddle and it becomes a beautiful noodle stir fry. But, um, you know, I just learned in the past week or so that uh, soybeans edamame has, you know, loads of protein. Um, you know, more protein than a lot of meats. And, and so when I started making this dish, I realized that one of the uh, chopped salad kits that are at the store, um, which are convenient, and they're a little expensive, but, you know, that would typically be like a dinner for myself and another person. And then, you know, half of it would go towards lunch tomorrow. But when I was making this and I was adding these heart, firmer vegetables, cabbage, bok choy, things like that, to to the noodles on the griddle, um, they were kind of getting camouflaged, and so I was almost like sneaking more vegetables into my own food um, yeah. that than I'd bargained for. Like I would never eat a salad that large to accompany my dinner, but when it's when it's just stir fried in with noodles. Um, Wow, it, it, it becomes really wonderful and delicious. And it doesn't take, um, you know, yeah, the meat is there and, and it adds some flavor, but, um, you know, from a protein perspective, it, it could be edamame. It could be soaked lentil. Um, yeah. it could be chickpeas. Doing, doing stir They're, fry, throw some bean sprouts in there and all kinds. Of yeah. That. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, chestnuts. Water chestnuts, Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, those little tiny corn, baby corn. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what's, sounds like what's mongolian fun. barbecue now yeah, yeah. yeah. And what's what's funny is when you go kind of in the asian direction um, you know ginger turmeric um, garlic you know there there there's just plenty of um, vegetarian uh ingredients that you can add um, you know if you don't if you if you have a soy allergy you know go go with a a, a non soy uh you know like a coconut amino And and you know plenty you know rice white or brown I mean it doesn't have to be noodles so the I I think or purple rice is that a thing it is a thing it's a yeah it's a Thai thing
0: like is is it the one that's because there is lavender flavored infused rice is that the same as purple or that's it's also
2: called black rice it's or the forbidden rice at one time only the emperor was allowed to
1: eat it. Oh,
0: apparently there's like thousands of varieties of rice. You
1: mean like Nero? So,
0: no. Um,
1: Chinese know. emperor. Oh, okay. More <laughs> like, uh,
0: Mao Zedong, well, not Mao Se but I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, some, there's some also something emperor. called Ming Okonomiyagi, <laughs> Okonomiyaki, savory cabbage pancake. That looks really good.
1: Yeah, that does look good.
0: Yeah. You use a pancake yes. mix and then, um, And they've got this real nice picture where it's got uh
1: Which begs the question, these are pictures of your meals that a professional photographer has done, right? Some of
2: them are from a professional photographer. Some of them are
1: mine.
2: Um, It
0: it does call for mayonnaise, but that's easy to change. And it also calls for a buttermilk pancake batter, but that's also very easily changeable. Everything else is keto or, I mean, uh, vegan. Uh, there's a fried rice, like you said, um, it calls for oyster sauce, but Hey, that's, you know,
1: so it'll be one of those next time you visit, Aaron, we'll set one down on the table for you. We'll do
0: a, uh, we'll do a vegan dinner. (laughs) You can, you can pick which one you want. Um, also we have experimented quite a bit with fruit, uh, Pineapple is a, and a special favorite. And uh, what we've done is we found that the jicama root, when grilled and with a little bit of sweetness, gives you almost grilled pineapple. Really? Because it's got a little bit of a pineapple taste. Um, and it's got that like snap of pineapple, the bite. In fact, it keeps that texture better the like the snap, the bite of pineapple.
1: Like the core? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, it doesn't caramelize, <laughs> but well, he's laughing because I actually eat the pineapple core because I well, like the only dishes. because
1: jicama, if you don't really, if you don't really get it cooked, it's tough. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. it does need to be cooked.
1: Right.
0: A lot. Yeah, but that's that's okay because well, Philip likes to grill a lot.
1: Whenever we go to these trucks and stuff, mm-hmm. we've done it a couple of times. We don't go every day yeah. for lunch or anything, but these guys when they're when the, in the, the trucks, they're doing. Um, Stir fry or something, they have these bottles of their spices that mm-hmm. they mix together. And I'm, I'm, I was wanting to put together something like that, but instead we got these mm-hmm. jars. But so we did do the Asian griddle sauce, and we have some left over. Mm-hmm. Your, your book suggests it's good for up to about 10 days, right? So it's about two days old now. Yeah. I'll probably reuse that or use that on mm-hmm. some more stuff. Uh,
0: there's, He says there's more in the fridge than just what's in this bottle. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So I wanted to so- talk about their sauces a little bit more, as well. Yeah,
2: what's, in, what's interesting about the sauces is that, um, the uh, director of marketing for Blackstone Griddles and I talked, um, before I started writing this book. And, and, uh, that was one thing that he thought would be important was, um, he had had the idea of sauces, um, that you can use to add hydration, um, you know, to your foods and the liquids do help bring things together. Um, and the whole idea was to have them a little bit more on the, um, uh, like light side so that Mm -hmm. you compensate for, for, for the reduction. So they're, they're, they're not quite as flavorful as, as like a dipping sauce that you might dip a chicken nugget in or something, um, they're, they're, they're made, they're, they're made to be, uh, reduced on the griddle or, you know, in a skillet. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, you're one of the first people that I've spoke with, um, you know, other than myself and, uh, direct family that have, you know, even tried making these sauces. So I appreciate you giving them a go.
1: Oh yeah. 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 We wanted to try a couple more, but I was going to the supermarket and I was like, each one of these little spices is five dollars. <laughs> so. Yeah.
0: And so we're gonna have to invest a little slower yeah. on that one.
1: But yeah. Yeah. I'm interested in about- trying some more. Yeah.
2: That really comes full circle to, you know, just kind of my philosophy on all this, which is again, you know, like it maybe maybe there's maybe there maybe there's something that you can substitute that you already have that's you know a little bit less expensive. And you know, groceries are they're more expensive now nowadays than they have been in a while and, and, the thing and is, you know
0: oh sorry go ahead
2: no i i find myself um you know shopping the special deals shopping the tags, shopping the manufacturer discounts um more than ever
0: yeah and, the, and, the, the and, manager special bin for the meat if you're going to use it that day why not
2: yeah mm. um the, I, I pretty much go to the manufacturer special um directly and then I will often build my, my meal plan around that. Um, around what's you know, available. Yeah, good value. Sometimes bad, or even those
0: aren't that good.
2: Yeah, and, and yeah. they're not that, they can also not really be that $27 much. $27 for a
0: pound of steak in the manager special bin.
1: Yeah, that's a little
0: steep. Yeah.
2: Um, but, but the, uh, you know, the, the, the sauces are fun and, and, and it, it's, it's the type of thing where you know, like anything that I put out there, I encourage people, Hey, if you want it extra spicy, hit it with some sriracha or hit it with some cayenne. Or, if, you know, if you want it a little bit more sweet, um, try a little brown sugar, try a little bit of mirin. Um, you know, or salty, like hit it with some sea salt or hit it with some soy sauce. You know, it's, right. it's, it's, it's your night. You know, it's, it, it, you know, I'm, 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 I'm just trying to, um, help, you know, be a little bit of a concierge. Uh, you giving know, guidelines. To, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and, but, but the reality is, you know, I'm not the one who has to chew your food and digest it. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, you know, I try to put up some guardrails and, and, um, I love it when people freestyle and try new stuff. Like that idea with the jicama, you know, that's, that's brilliant.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's
0: so tasty.
1: We're in constant pursuit mm-hmm. of a potato substitute.
0: Yeah. We also so- have been experimenting with rutabaga. Uh, which is even a little bit closer to potato than the, well, the jicama was suggested as a potato substitute. Um, this is not something we have found to be, uh, overly valid. Uh, but the rutabaga is just a little bit closer. Now we did find recently the yucca root, which is practically potato. Then we found out it's not keto.
1: (laughs) It's full of carbs. Have you tried,
2: have you tried radish? Um, yes as a potato substitute
0: yes we have and we do like that in uh in stews right particularly um uh, uh, like but, you know slow cooked in the slow cooker with I some did, flavored juice
1: i got lucky the other night i, mm-hmm. I diced up some radishes with onion and mushroom mm-hmm. and um butter it
0: diced or sliced like thin slices. They were fairly
1: thin, thin sliced yeah. and that, that turned out pretty good. Yeah. If like you cause... thin
0: slice it and do it with like onion and butter, you can get real close to breakfast potatoes yeah. with the radish, so but the rutabag is just that much closer. Yeah.
2: If me. you have a, if you have a food processor, um, mm-hmm. you can certainly do it by hand, but if you have something that has like a cheese grater attachment to it, um, oh yeah, yeah. And you can you c- you can run a bag of radish through that
0: mm-hmm. and
2: you can get really close to breakfast style hash browns. Um, now do they crisp up? Yes.
0: Yeah. Do you uh do you do the the do you let them sit for a while to de uh to get the liquid out first?
2: You could. I have I have I I've just I've just gone straight from mm-hmm. Um, the food processor, you know, to the griddle or the pan, the skillet, um, but uh, you know, with with a bunch of seasoning. But um, it's 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 a nice, it's worth trying. Let's 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 put it that way.
0: We're yeah.
1: experimenting. Yeah. Now,
0: I know <laughs> we've we've uh, we do the cauliflower mashed potatoes, and I have found that they are better if you um, squeeze the cauliflower after you've cooked it before you process it.
1: You also want to eat it so hot. So like your
0: riced cauliflower, you want to squeeze the liquid out.
1: The, the longer it goes uh, cooling right. off, Make the sure more you have that Reheat. organic aftertaste to it.
0: And it reheats very well in the microwave. Yeah. Cauliflower. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah um,
2: the cauliflower rice is pretty good,
0: too. Yes, yes. Actually, we, we yeah. do adjust the cauliflower rice as is. But if we do the mashed potatoes, I usually squeeze, you know, I, I use a... Um, uh, oh uh, cheesecloth and squeeze the juice out
1: i was real happy when uh mm-hmm. chipotle had the mm-hmm. rice uh, cauliflower and then they stopped doing it
0: mm. <laughs> well that might just be your location too I don't you know. could check out the different call around to the different locations yeah. call them and ask for it uh, Keep calling them and asking for it.
1: That was good, to Jimmy John's.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to Chipotle. They put cilantro in their cilantro. <laughs> yeah. well,
1: well, we okay. So we started off talking about the things we tried from the griddle, but with mm-hmm. griddle cooking, you're talking about not a, a flat surface. You know, yeah. It, anybody, you go to a uh, hardware store, you'll see them alongside the uh, barrel grills. You know the. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh,
0: we use, just to, uh, let our listeners know, we use a regular charcoal type grill.
1: And, uh, and then we have a
0: variety of cast iron, um, griddles, if you will, that, um, and then we just got this new press at the recommendation of our guest. Ball.
1: but what i wanted to so. get at is that just like ca- a cast iron skillet mm-hmm. or just like you know our plates mm-hmm. you need to season your griddle yes when you get it, mm-hmm. and, it and at the you know well, we at the season, end of the, we
0: season our cast iron the way my dad taught me to
1: at the back end of the podcast here i want to talk a little bit about how you season your griddle to prepare it
0: yeah what's the difference between stainless and out cast of, iron that kind of thing let's
1: say out of the box let's mm-hmm. say for father's day the kids get dad, a new griddle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What's he need to do to se- season that thing and get it ready?
2: Are you? Well, okay I mean, in oh, yeah,
0: okay.
2: I've, I've I've got I've got about five ten minutes left. Um, okay. So yeah, seasoning is very important. Um, whether it's a griddle or a wok or a piece of cast iron, um, it, it seems like the go-to uh, fat for it is uh, flaxseed oil. And um, okay, every if you ever use flaxseed oil uh, you'll, you'll, you'll quickly realize that um, it's, it's got a very unique smell um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's not the easiest thing to find. You find it uh, typically in either the natural section of, of a grocery store or yeah. um, at a yeah. natural food store. And vitamin it, it's, barn it, exactly. Um, and it's, it's going to be refrigerated mm-hmm. um, be, because it will spoil because it's, you know, it's, Probably, I'm guessing a cold extraction. Um, but the key, whether you use flaxseed oil, whether you use vegetable oil, uh, Crisco, lard, what, whatever your whatever yeah. your fat is, um, less is more. I mean, go go with the least amount that you can, and even then, wipe it off. So yeah. if, if if you have um, a a griddle plate. You know, a, a 12 mm-hmm. by 16 griddle plate that fits on top of your gas grill. Um, if it's not pre, I mean, even if it is pre seasoned, um, you don't know where that thing was manufactured. And, mm-hmm. you know, me- metal is messy and there's, there's shards and things that come it's with it. Address. So get, yeah, give it a, give it some soap and water. Give it a good rinse. Give it a good dry. And then, you know, hit it with just the most skim coat. Of um, mm-hmm. oil, and, yeah. In and
0: fact, you put your oil on the paper towel.
2: Yep, and then, and then and then I, I I wipe that off completely. Right. Make sure it's totally gone. There's right. no drips, and 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 then go ahead and and what I like to do with the griddles is um, I basically burn it and, until the smoke mm-hmm. stops. Right. Um, you mm-hmm. know, and it's it's sometimes. 15 minutes, it's, it's sometimes 30, 35 minutes. You know, I've, I've done griddle, I've seasoned griddles in, uh, 95 degree heat and I've, I've seasoned them in 35 degree, uh, you know, cold. Yep. So, you know, it, 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 it just, it's just a matter of timing. But, um, the reality is it's just the, the thinnest coat ever. Um, I'll turn on the heat, allow the metal to open up, absorb that smoke and then repeat, you know, do it two, three, four. Maybe even five times if you have the patience. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, let it develop a bit of a black patina. Um and then something that's come to light recently is um buy yourself a few onions and sacrifice those. Cut them up into rings and just do onions. And it works great in a cast iron pan, it works great on a griddle, it works <laughs> great um on a stainless skillet. And and there's there's some there's something about the onion. Um, that, that will really help it along kind of with, with the non, with the nonstick. Um, and I have a, uh, one of my favorite accessories for outdoor grills, um, is a, it's a, it sits on top of your, your grills grate. They're called grill grates and -hmm. that's actually hard, hard anodized aluminum. Mm -hmm. And they recommend, you know, before you get cooking, take an onion, cut it in half, run it over the grill grates and, uh, Mm -hmm. eat it up. Fired up, you know, okay. and and it helps helps with the nonstick.
0: Hey, it's not going to produce a smell you don't enjoy.
1: Right. I yeah. mean, who yeah,
0: like the smell of cooked. Well, most people like the smell of cooked onion. Right. In fact, yeah. when I'm preheat when I'm pre cooking onions for whatever we're going to for something, the the Philips like.
1: Well, well something
0: one of, smells good. One of the
1: cruelest things my parents did to me when I grew up was they would cook liver and onions, which smelled absolutely amazing and yep. tasted um, like
0: liver and onions, like
1: liver. Yeah. <laughs> but all right. So, uh, it's kind of like getting a new, uh, catcher's mitt, to yeah. break it in. Right. Yeah.
0: There <laughs> so. are actually quite a few more recipes in here that can be, um, veganized.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, we-
0: uh, so, and we did send Aaron a few of those recipes, um, uh, one thing that we would do, um, you know, if we were to grill for you, we would, of course, clean the grill completely. And um, then, With we, an
2: onion.
0: you know, we would feature a vegan recipe, maybe from this book, maybe, you know, but we would also grill some fruit, of course, because yum.
1: Yeah. Well, as we. And, uh, and if
0: you're here, I'm taking the chance to go off keto just enough to have grilled fruit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's go around the room here before we let. Paul go and have the rest of his mm-hmm. evening. Um, is there yeah. anything you wanted to ask him, Aaron? Yeah. Oh. Um,
2: do you do much cooking on campfires? Is that part of your outdoor cooking purview? I'm doing more and more, but the campfire that I'm cooking over, um, you'll have to look it up. It's called a birch barrel. Uh, B-U-R-C-H. And uh, they have a very clever... If you look at my website, grillingmontana.com, I do... Actually quite a lengthy article on the birch barrel. And, um, it, it kind of looks like a drum from yeah, it a looks, washing looks machine. Like a, looks like a witch's kettle. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's on a tripod. I and have, you have for this, Lisa. Yeah. And they have this really unique, uh, grill grate system that raises and lowers on a pulley. And so yeah, I have been, um, cooking a bit over a campfire. Um, one of my favorite things to do with it is to um, put a freestanding rotisserie um, near the campfire on the birch barrel and, and cook food. And that's, um, that's just a ton of culinary fun for me. I, I, I really enjoy
1: that. That's cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Please. Um, is there anything we didn't ask you about that you would have wanted us to, or that you just really want, you know, to get out there?
2: Um, you know, I mean, I, I I think I've, I've probably touched on it two or three times, but, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, this is, this is a lifestyle for me. Uh, and, and, you know, there's, there's only so many times that, um, we throw meals into our bodies, Mm -hmm. uh, over the course of time. And, um, some of them are more memorable than others, but the reality is we can really make a lot of wonderful experiences around the food. And it's not always what's on the plate. Um, it's it's often about who we gather with and who we spend time with. And, you know, I, I feel that uh, there's just something special that happens when you fire up a, a griddle or a grill or some charcoal or a campfire and do some cooking. Um, you know, and pe- people tend to gather the same way that when you have a cocktail party at your house, uh, everyone ends up in the kitchen. You know, no, no, right. ma- no matter how hard how hard you work to get your uh, you know living room or dining room dialed in for the event, um, everyone hangs out in the kitchen. And it's the same way you know when you're cooking outside. So um, you know, take that into consideration. Uh, there's there, there's a lot of fun to be had, but um, you know the 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 food experiences are wonderful and 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 you know absolutely amazing. But the re- the, the 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 real gravity comes when Um, we create new experiences with friends and family and, or, you know, meet new people and, um, you know, just share that. There's something magical happens around the flame. A
0: warm day, a cool beverage and a hot grill. You can't, it's just amazing. Um, I do have one more sort of technical question. Um, We started when we first started grilling i was a charcoal i grew up charcoal and he grew up uh gas and uh the reason why he grew up, gra- grew up gas is because his dad hated the taste of um um what's oh, lighter Accelerant. fluid yeah lighter fluid well i'll tell you what a few years back we discovered the chimney and philip hasn't used lighter fluid since and it's kind of a life changer yeah. do you use chimneys at all
2: I almost exclusively use chimneys. I, I, I bought some lighter fluid about a year ago and mm-hmm. it was dis, it was distilled alcohol. Ugh. Um, we have a, a joke. It's, it's not, it's not the lighter fluid that you and I remember from our childhood. Oh, okay. Um, it, it, it kind of smells like cannery row or something. Mm. I, I told a it's few like friends about it.
0: Wow.
2: It smells like moonshine. Yeah. It's really rough stuff. And, and, so we um, could just
0: buy some moonshine. <laughs> yeah.
2: That would work too. The, I mean, the, uh, we're, in,
0: we're in southern Ohio. Kentucky's right across the river.
1: Yep, yep,
2: yep. Especially mm-hmm. if they go a little heavy on the uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: on
2: the alcohol. But um, yeah. I, I, th- I, I think there's really there's really little, if any, need to use lighter fluid these days. Um, a, a chimney starter works just as well. Some yeah. of those uh, like tumbleweeds that are are it kind of looks like a, a Brillo a Brillo pad. Um, oh yeah! Of, like, I know what you're talking about. That burns. um mm-hmm. They're 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 very affordable. um You c- you can even just stick one of those in uh, some charcoal and get get it up and running. And then there's also some unique lighters like the Loof lighter out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It looks like an oversized curling iron, and mm-hmm. it's, it's it's kind of it's kind of a heat gun, and you just stick it right in your charcoal. Within about 90 seconds, you're producing sparks. How do you spell that? You know. Uh L O O F T lighter. L-I-G-H-T-E-R loop lighter.
0: Okay.
2: Like uh 99 loof balloons.
0: Right, right. <laughs> Seems German to me.
2: It is German. Yeah. Um and, it's and, you know, probably well made. There there are similar brands out there. They're about a hundred bucks. Um mm-hmm. but you know, right. if, if that doesn't fit with your budget, um the uh old school uh heating element inserts. Um, that, you know, you may have seen as a kid, they, they plug into an extension cord. Um, Mm -hmm. they glow, uh, orange hot. Um, Mm -hmm. they were magnificent. Um, Mm -hmm. if you're going to use one though, uh, you have to set a timer in your phone because you'll forget about it. And after about five, six minutes, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's the things all go. Not necessarily the
0: safest option.
2: Yeah, it's not, um, but it works yeah. brilliant. And, and, um, you know, there's, there's, there's no one, uh, telling the unit not to burn itself to the ground. So I learned that the hard way after yeah. almost, after almost burning one. But, um, yeah, there's, there's some, some great options out there, but probably the charcoal chimney starter is, yeah. Yeah. is, uh, it's one, one of the best.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's easy. One of the first, I, I, I offered one of my first, uh, incidents mm-hmm. is I offered to make meal for the whole family, and my dad bought, like, I don't know, it must have been $50 worth of steak back then, but it'd probably be about $110 now. How old were you? I was probably about 17 or 18, but I thought mm-hmm. I could just throw something up. So I didn't get a very good li- uh, light going, and I put the, the steaks on before, and then I mm-hmm. tried to, like, get under the steaks and get a little more lighter fluid to get that fire going, and guess what? They were kerosene it's, steaks.
0: splashed <laughs> up onto the
1: steaks. Yeah, it was yeah. terrible. But they would, you know, like mm-hmm. my dad, like, cut off a big piece of steak. He didn't realize this. Took a bite in it, bite mm-hmm. of it, and it was like that episode of Andy Griffith with the kerosene cucumbers. He didn't mm-hmm. say anything, but you could tell on his face –
0: that it was yeah. not good.
1: Anyway, that's nasty. But, yeah. Um, oh, all yeah, right.
0: one, one more thing as far as fire starters. I'm sorry. I have to do a disclaimer here. Not all fire starters are created for food. So make sure that the fire starter you're finding, even in the picnic area, it might be rated for, uh, fire pits, but not food.
1: Good so call. be good careful,
0: call. you know,
1: for fire pits, I use dryer lint. Dryer yeah. yep, well, good. I've
0: tried to get Philip to save the dryer lens so I could make fire starters, and um, thus far, it hasn't come back upstairs.
1: All right, mm-hmm. Paul. Um, so last thing, uh, do you have anything, you, you know, any social media, websites? Mm-hmm. The name of the book is Backyard Griddle uh, by the, Paul uh, Sidoriak.
0: The flipping flippin awesome, awesome Backyard, backyard Grill yeah. Griddle Cookbook.
1: Any other social media. Yeah, no.
2: I mean, check out my website grillingmontana.com. You can pretty much find me all over the web. Uh mm-hmm. Instagram, grillingmontana, about 50,000 followers. Uh TikTok is growing every day at grillingmontana. Uh mm-hmm. Facebook, grillingmontana. So, yeah, um give 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 a look. I've got a wonderful spice uh rub coming out here in a few weeks. Uh, I'm not going to uh Let that completely out of the bag just yet but it's unique uh for people who cook on a gas grill a griddle an air fryer a pizza oven um basically places that there's no charcoal um and no wood smoke so um it's it's going to be a lot of fun and uh you can hop on to my mailing list at grillingmontana.com, and i will be getting some details out about that real soon It, it will be uh out in plenty of time for football season this year for those of you who like to tailgate and and uh should be a nice addition and uh yeah i, I really appreciate uh being on the podcast uh today and um appreciate you folks yeah, thank you uh due to a deep deep dive into the book and 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 uh yeah thanks so much for your time
1: all right Glad thank you, have sir. you good luck with the books good luck with mm-hmm. the book paul
0: yeah yep
2: thanks so much
1: yep
0: thank you, you bye We have social. Twitter. Yeah, Uh uh-huh, pod.
1: Instagram.
0: Yeah, Uh uh-huh, pod. Facebook. Yeah, Uh uh-huh, pod. Website. -uh www.yeah-uh-huh.com. So let us know. Hit us back. Have a great week.